Okay, welcome again, everybody, to the podcast where we try to scratch a little below the surface of coaching and look for ways that we can all do it better. I'm delighted to report that we've gone past 4,000 euros for the fundraiser for Temple Street, and I want to say a massive thank you to every person who has been just generous enough to donate. Uh, for those of you who might be listening for the first time, I set up this podcast for two main reasons. Firstly, to try and provide some quality, actionable content for coaches at a time when none of us can be on the field or in the gym with our players. Uh, but also, uh, and primarily I suppose, as a fundraiser for Temple Street Children's Hospital. I've asked people that if they find value in the content to use the link to the fundraiser in the podcast description below or at my Twitter page, at MikeWork. Everything raised goes directly to Temple Street Children's Hospital and nobody is getting paid or making any money out of these. Okay, on to this week's guest. Uh, I'm delighted to say I've got Nick Potter on the call. Uh, Nick is the Director of High Performance and Sports Science at Duke University Men's Basketball. Uh, for anybody who knows anything about basketball in the States, Duke would be a powerhouse of, of the college game. And, uh, and Nick here describes how he works hand-in-glove with the winningest coach in NCAA history in Mike Krzyzewski. It's probably a lot easier to just say Coach K. Uh, Nick gives a fascinating insight in, into the level of detail that they employ at Duke and you know how he has worked with players the likes of Zion Williamson, Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving, just to name but a few. As somebody who has operated at the top level, in a top level environment as well as at the Olympics, Nick is kind enough here in the next 50 minutes or so to give us a quick peek behind the curtains. As always, I hope you enjoy the listen and, and take something out of it that will help your own context. Make sure that you like or leave a review and and as always, please, please continue to share it around as much as possible. The more people that listen, the more people that are likely to donate to a very, very worthy cause. Okay, that's enough for me. Enjoy. Okay, Nick, you're very welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Got, uh, happy to be here. Uh, I, I suppose I was, I was put in touch with you with a, a true mutual friend, I suppose, Mark, Mark Fitz. Uh, from Mercyhurst soccer days, you were uh, you were kicking that kind of ball around the place for a little while, were you? Yeah, yeah. So that's, I, you know, I grew up playing soccer, and uh, uh, Fitz is a great friend. And uh, uh, I actually uh, married an Irish woman too. She's from Dublin, so okay. Uh, now I'm connected forever, I guess. Very good. Yeah. Did you get over much? Um, not to be honest. No. Um, right. We had a couple kids right away, and so. It made it made it a little tricky, and her parents retired and moved to Cyprus, and so we've actually been okay. there a couple times and kind of flew over guys on the way over. But it's uh, about yeah. it. <laughs> Weather is nicer in Cyprus too, I suppose, man. Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah, just from 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 my point of view, Nick, what what we're what I'm trying to do is really look try, trying to pick your brains, man, and and from a selfish point of view, see if there's ways and um, you know that we can we can learn and and take stuff from from you really and and, and the environment you're able to create over there and 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 see where you're able to do that. But um, just in terms of your own background, would you mind just giving a, a very brief kind of a, um, just an introduction into, into what exactly you do over there? Yeah, sure. You know, I think first maybe it starts with um, kind of my background in training. And so, you know, I started out as a, an athletic trainer. You know, it's in the States we have, uh, you know, of an athletic trainer, which is a lot of that hands-on kind of field stuff. And then following my athletic training background, uh, I went on to, I did a doctorate in physical therapy. Um, actually at Duke and so uh you know that's more of the the physio the, the rehab side of it you know so then I combined the on the field medical care with the the rehab side and uh uh a fellowship in manual therapy where it's kind of like chiropractic where you learn to do manipulation and things mm -hmm. like that and then a sports fellowship and so then that sports fellowship you work at, was actually at back at Duke 
and uh, you learn to use these manual techniques and whatever whatever skills you have. And so I combine the the athletic training, the physio, the manual therapy, all in with with college athletes. And so, okay. um, kind of that that's where it, where it started from a, a training background, more on the, the medical and physio side, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and, and over the first several years, um, you know, we we're trying to do these screenings, you know, try to predict injury or prevent injury. Uh, but then we noticed that it's you know, I kind of got into a lot of the quality of movement, you know, and tried mm-hmm. identifying, is there a weakness? Is there a joint restriction? Is there a movement deficit that are, cor- that are all correlating to create, you know, increased risk of injury? Mm-hmm. And then we noticed this whole thing of, uh, well, someone could be terrible, look biomechanically not good at all, but if they don't play much, they don't get injured. Versus mm-hmm. someone else can be pretty good, you know, they, they move all right, maybe a little weakness, but they play a ton and they get injured, mm-hmm. you know, and so it kind of messed up our statistics. And the, you know, we weren't finding the, the results that we anticipated, right. you know, but it kind of heightened the, the awareness of this load factor. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when I started to get into this, uh, more into the sports science realm of, mm-hmm. you know, can we track loading? Can we track force production? Um, you know, body weights, wellness, you know, and then I get not only into the, the loading, but then, you know, maybe they're loading right, maybe the biomechanics right, but they're sleeping terrible and they're not hydrating. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting, you know, so that brought in the kind of the whole realm of the entire athlete of, what are they doing outside of, uh, of our facility, you know, and mm. hydration and sleep and nutrition and that side. And so kind of that's how the whole thing evolved into this um, kind of comprehensive, holistic athlete approach of, of really trying to care for them as an entire person and, and really and trying to care for them turns into how to, teaching them how to care for their body, you know, mm. so that's kind of how this whole thing kind of spun together. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I was I was reading a bit about the the catapult and and how you use that system in terms of you know like a GPS over here in the GA, you know is used obviously and it's it's mostly for kind of high speed running accelerations decelerations and I was just interested in reading about the catapult just even how 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 minute you have the detail in terms of how many times they push off their right leg, how many times they push off their left leg. And like that kind of information and loading is, is uh, it's so, it's so detailed. It's amazing. And, and how does that, how do you, like, how does that impact the coaches in terms of, in terms of what they're doing on the court with these guys at practice or, or, or during games or whatever? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, the first thing comes to the communication to it, you know, and I think kind of more of a, from a, you know, philosophical or, you know, an application standpoint, it's first thing you got to identify what's the mode of communication that's best for each coach, for each athlete. And so, um, you know, something I learned early on and, you know, what makes sense to me might not make sense to the coaches. And so the first thing was how to, how to, you know, I obviously have to identify what information is important and important to them, but then how do you convey it? And so I think the first thing is making sure it's in the format, you know, whether it's written charts, you know, you have to go up and communicate it to them every day because they don't like to read anything, you know? And so yeah. I think that's the first thing. And, and, and if that message doesn't get across, then it doesn't matter how great the information is. And so I think the first thing is trying to figure out, and it could be different for each coach. It could be different for the coach versus the athletes, obviously. And so the first thing is communicating the information, you know, and, um, but when you're actually looking at, at the data, um, once I figured out how to communicate it properly, it was every day coach says, you know, he looks at it, you know, and, and then he'll, he'll make changes. And, and, and it's like anything, you kind of fine tune as you're going along. Um, and it's not an overt thing, you know, you hear, you know, we're not that important, right? Whether you're a, a sports scientist or a physio or even coach, yeah. it's, it's about the athletes, you know? Yeah. And so it's not about saying, oh, he can play less or play more, but it's, 
how do we get him the most he needs? You know, so if he needs some technical training, but his loads are really high and he's sore, it doesn't do any good to say, no, he can't train. And, and I have no right to say, you know, it's the coach's team, but you try to give him the information and, and he can modify the amount of loading that he's doing. And often the, the other players and the, the player itself doesn't even know it. He's just getting subbed in and out a little bit more, you know, or he's taken out of certain drills a little bit more and in, into other ones, um, you know, but I think we've learned to ha have a pretty good um, line of communication where it's, um, when we're actually looking at the details, um, that sometimes it's um, indicating that their overall workload might be a little bit high. Or if they're a little bit sore, you know, they sprained their ankle. It could be, you know, he might look great moving around the court. And I know he looks great moving around the court. But when you actually look at the data, whether it's the catapult data that if you hurt his left ankle, he has no high speed movements going to his right, right? right? And then you watch him and he just, either he's not going that way or everything becomes a pole with his right hip flexor, you know, and he's not going very fast. He's not very effective. So you never actually okay. get to the basket going right mm. because he's not going very fast. He's going more lateral. And so one, that's not very, very good for performance, but two, that can lead to another injury, like a, a right groin injury or something like that. And so it's something that, just because something pops up one day, we want to end it. We want to identify it and, and communicate it, but it's, it's not the end of the world. But if we see it for multiple days in a row, then we want to make sure it doesn't continue. We want to rectify it. And so the same thing goes with the rights and the lefts and um, on the catapult, but also on force plates. And so, for example, we have a game tonight. And so the day before the game, I'll, I'll do force plate testing. Or, you know, we'll do a force plate testing. So mm -hmm. we'll do it twice a week. We have about two games a week at this point. Uh, you know, and so on that, so anyone who has any kind of lower body, you know, issue going on, whether it's tightness of muscle strain, you know, or just mm -hmm. could be very small, just so they know that there's something going on. So if something yeah. gets worse in a couple of days, it's not, well, it's been going on for three days and I didn't know about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes just knowing that something's there, um, but if there's a deficit in catapult or maybe there isn't, right? And so, man, this guy says his left ankle sore, but he's moving great. You know, he's, he's very symmetrical okay. movement. His force production is great on both legs. He's not, he's not uh, compensating his landing at all, so he's not at increased risk for injury. So that's the other side of it. One is indicating, yeah, there's something going on. You know, they might look great, but underneath there's something going on. Or, man, this guy's limping around. He's kind of exaggerating a little bit. He's yeah. saying it's poor, but he actually is moving great. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, it's just an incredible level of detail, I suppose. I mean, that, that's, that's what you get at the, at the, at the top of the tree. But I'm, I'm interested just really in the, like you mentioned at the start, that real holistic kind of look at the, at the player and how, how you're, you know, that's, that's obviously a big part of their physical preparation and how they move and injury prevention and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, the real, the real, you know, complete look at the player in terms of their education, their life skills, the, you know, their health and wellness, that, that stuff is, is really fascinating to me. And um, just, you know, you mentioned that at the start, how, how, what kind of steps or, you know, what actions do you take to, to maximize that kind of impact, I suppose? Because like, you're dealing with a lot of guys that are probably come in and, you know, one and done, play a year maybe at college, and some guys jump, jump onto the pros straight away. And um, so it's hard, but, but just in terms of that, that, you know, holistic environment. I'm, I'm fascinated with how, you know, top level kind of organizations actually achieve that really, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point and it's essential. And, you know, to the first, I think it starts with the top, you know, that you get the, the head coach, everyone, is, everyone gets the player to buy into the, to the program. Mm. Right. And so, like you said, a lot of guys are one and done. So they might only be here for about, you know, eight or 10 months. Mm. Right. And then they're gone. And so if they're here for a short period of time, one, we want to get, we, we want to get the most out of them from a performance standpoint but also we want to develop the most we can, 
right? And so if, if you're going to get the most development in a short period of time, you have to be very, very specific and very strategic in what you're doing. You can't just do general stuff and get very great results, especially when you have a high-level athlete. So you might mm -hmm. say, and it's really easy when you have Zion or Jason Tatum or any of these great guys, you know, but it's like having, you know, you have a, you know, a Ferrari out in your driveway and you say, I'm going to go a little bit faster. You know, how do you make a Ferrari go a little bit faster versus if you have, you know, a Ford Focus, you could probably soup that up a lot easier than you can, you know, soup mm -hmm. up a Ferrari, right? And so if you want to make that Ferrari go a little bit faster, you have to be very detailed in, in what, what you're doing. Um, you know, and so in getting buying in, it's, uh, you know, really it's making a part of what they do, right? And so it's, one, you have to make it seamless so you're not giving them 10 extra things because we're doing a lot of stuff. But you can't make it seem like they're doing a lot of extra stuff. So it becomes seamless, you know, the first thing. So it kind of starts with when they come in, they weigh in and they answer this questionnaire, right? And so it's all in one form. They step on a scale, they have a little icon, they, you know, they push, push their picture. While it's taking their weight, five questions pop up, they answer these questions. And so, and it becomes a daily routine. So they know every time they go in, it's just part of what, what, our, what our program does. Um, and, it's, and it's fairly seamless. Um, you know, same thing after practice, they weigh out, you know, and so it's, they, they start to learn just because it's what they do. And it's, they understand what their weight is. They understand, man, I lose four pounds every practice. And, and what happens is after a period of time, they start to see, they start to, they can guess, they know, man, I think I lost four pounds. I lost three, mm -hmm. you know? And so at this time during the year, you know, we've been here for about, you know, uh, usually we're here about six months by now. Now it's about four because we got here a little bit late, but, you know, I'll ask them, you know, what, what do you think your weight is? And they'll say, I think I'm at 220 today. And I say, ah, I bet you're at 220.5, you know? And, and I mean, that's how precise we are. Yeah. You know, I get to know their weights, you know, based on how long and how hard we went in practice. But, I'll, you know, then ask them, do you have any idea what your weight was in high school last year? No, no idea. You know, they had no idea what it was. They had no idea how, you know, like, but at this point, they're very precise and they can mm -hmm. guess by half a pound what their weight is after practice. And so, and to me, that that says it all right there that they can they can kind of predict mm. what they're they're doing. yeah same thing on a force plate i'll read out their their rsi modified number every time they jump and that's one number a bunch will look at but that's kind of the one kind of handle one tag that they learn to do and man i, I want to get a point eight today you know like you know i was talking to an nba person the other day like well how do you how much do your players even know about this stuff i said i you can ask any one of our players right now they can tell you what their body weight is and they can tell you what their force plate what their goal on a force plate jump would be. They said, what? I said, yeah, but it's just part of what they, so every time we do it the day before the game, they know we're doing it, mm -hmm. but also they know that I read out every number and it's become, and it's, it's not like I, I tell that, Hey, you have to remember what your numbers are. It just, it just yeah. becomes part of what you do. And, mm -hmm. and then they, it becomes part of who they are. And that's, I think that's the key to anything is making something part of who they are, you know, and they yeah. know if the body weighs down, man, I got to eat a little bit extra. I got to drink a little bit extra when, when I leave here. Yeah, that's interesting that they're that they're actually involved in that process as opposed to just you know receiving the information or or maybe not even receiving the information. That's, I think that's you know I've I've a big thing about that whole idea of of autonomy support and how we how we can, you know, challenge the players during sessions and during our practices that that they are actually actively engaged in it by you know by asking questions and and like you mentioned there about you know asking them what you know how many pounds did you lose today or you know stuff instead of saying listen you're after dropping four pounds today you know it's i just i find that fascinating with real high level organizations that 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 idea of questioning and asking people the, the you know for the answers uh, the players in particular is something that's very prevalent and that's obviously something that you're you're keen on yeah no, i think that's the key and it's it engages them 
Mm. And even if I know they hadn't weighed out yet, hey, how much you lose today? Mm. You know, I haven't weighed out yet. I said, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, goes, yeah. it goes both ways too. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, especially the, the kid, you know, and I don't know if I hate to say the kids these days or, or what, mm. you know, but no one likes to be told what to do and they don't, mm. you know, they, they, they want autonomy with it. You know, they don't, they might not know the, the, the language, but that's mm. what they want. They, you know, they have their own phone, they have their own website, they have their own uh, brand, you know, and so, and really, the, and, and we try to teach them that too. You become your own corporation, but that gives them autonomy over their body. They need to learn to take care. You know, it should it shouldn't be me saying you need to drink three Gatorades after practice today because you lost such and such weight. They need to learn that. Shoot, my weight's down. I need to get it. You know, and that's often after practice. I say, man, I, I saw you down a bit. Yeah, I know I'm down three and a half pounds. I said, you know, I'm I'm gonna, they're like I'm gonna get on it. I got some Gatorades in my bag. You know, and that's mm. that's the key. Getting yeah. them to buy in and they learn how to take care of their body. Yeah. And, and, and just to, to expand on it, I suppose, without flogging it, is there, what, what else is it that you do, you know, to really, you know, to, to really drive that, to, gi- to give them that sense of autonomy? Is there, is there stuff consciously that you're working on as a, as, a, as a coaching or kind of a management group and physical group, you know, that you really drive that as a, as a, as a concept within the group? So like you're, you're saying, they're obviously, you know, guys are managing their body because they now understand what's going on. But is there conscious steps maybe that other people can take and, and, you know, that would help them in terms of their players that, that would really drive that? Because I, I think this is something, you know, especially over here, uh, and, and I, I'm conscious, obviously, GA is an amateur organization, it's an amateur game. Um, but I, I just think there's ways that we can drive this that would make a big difference in terms of people's motivation, in terms of developing that intrinsic idea uh, and keep people playing the game longer in an amateur context and stuff. If we're really servicing that kind of level of autonomy that, that you know, the, the, top, the top dogs are doing. Yeah, you know, and, uh, it's a good question. <laughs> I, I wish I knew the absolute answer, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I mean, what we try to do is obviously we have used examples of, you know, former players of, of, of mm. ways they've done things right, way they, they've done things wrong, when things haven't worked, mm. what was the result? You know, and often the best learning, learning point is when they don't do it right. But yeah. the, that's what you have to be. That's why I think it's so important to be on, time, on top of it every single day and giving con, con, continuous feedback, mm. you know. And so if, if someone cramps during a game, right, and they lose some playing time because of that, I mean, that's a huge opportunity for a learning lesson. You know, obviously you don't want that to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and, and often we try that beforehand, they do, it happens in practice, right? And so it's, hey man, if this was a game today or if their weight was just low and they looked like crap the last, you know, 10 minutes of practice and they come and they weigh out and before practice, they were three pounds down. Now they're six pounds down. And that's one of the, the especially when it comes to the weights and it's an easy, but probably the most important thing because if, if your weight's way down, you're not going to be at your best no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a very basic but extremely important thing that, you know, and I try to get it before it becomes a major problem. But, you know, if it's and the, the thing is, if today was a game, that last five minutes of practice would have been the last five minutes of the game. Right. And that's not how we want to be. And it's it's not because anything happened in the game. It's because how you came into the game or how you came into the practice. If you come in three pounds down and it, it starts two or three days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you start planning the seating and, and often that works a little bit. You know, it's like anything, you know, like, you have a plan and sometimes that works that, you know, and then they get, they get complacent again for another, after yeah. another week or two and it'll happen again, you know? And so you try to get them to learn as, as quick as possible. And sometimes they won't learn until it happens in a game on national TV and they're missing playing time, you know, yeah. but you try to obviously try to head it off ahead of time, but you know, by, 
by seeing it happen. You, know, you tell them ahead of time, this is going to happen. Then when it happens, you bring it back up. See, this is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Let's get it better. And then hopefully, you know, it doesn't take too many more times of that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fascinating, man. Um, in terms of, just in terms of the, just the last couple of points on that, in terms of, like you, you mentioned, the sleep and, and the nutrition and stuff. Um, what, like, is there, is there, what, what kind of stuff are you looking at in terms of their sleep or are you monitoring that or, or how, how, how do you work with that? Yeah, so sleep's a tricky one, all right? And so no one wants to be monitored, you know, once mm. they leave the building. And then, uh, you know, we used to have, you know, up until this year, we, we had guys wearing whoop bands. And so mm. it's just a sleep monitoring device. And, um, you know, I wear one. I, th I think they're great. And I think the best thing about them is an educational tool. Again, just yeah. like your body weight was down, you played like crap. Just like I went out drinking or I didn't sleep well, my recovery is bad. I didn't play as well, you know, and, and also if you have a bad night, you know, they could be up night all night studying, you know, they have tasks mm -hmm. out, like all of us probably did in university. It's, you know, we wait to the last minute to write a paper and then we're up for two or three nights in a row trying to write it. Right. Yeah. And then we have a game and then we look terrible or practice and the whole team looks terrible because it's, you know, we, we know that, you know, we're around finals time. We practice way less, you know, mm -hmm. it becomes more individual work and less five on five and less team stuff because we know it's not going to be very good quality. So why, practice bad quality yeah. plus guys are in and out all the time so it makes it easier for logistically you know but so trying to go back to your question you know so we were having the we had a, our our data security measures have tightened up and so we're we're unable to use whoop this year uh, but within our questionnaire we have um, a sleep questionnaire and so we try to track just quality of sleep based on their subjective reporting um, but you know but often it's 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 hard to track daily it's when you start to see some issues that's one of the things that we'll look at is, is to sleep and try to try to rectify that and you know we try to bring it up with the guys often especially if they don't if they don't look right you know if something doesn't look right or they don't look like they're at the best you have to try to figure out where that's coming from you know that's where yeah. some you know the, the questionnaire is great you know but often they're not going to be 100 percent truthful yeah you know or what they're putting on there might be important might not be important so it's it's a way of asking questions um but also it's man, if they look bad, they're not sleeping well, hey, man, you put it on a thing? No. Okay, so again, we try to get better data yeah. through the feedback. Um, but again, if, if someone's not looking at what we have to identify, is it nutrition, is it sleep, is it stress, Did they break up with their girlfriend, are they overloaded? You know, so, we, so the first thing is, the easy part is to say, man, they look like crap. And mm -hmm. the easy thing is to say, man, we need to work them harder. You know, and that's kind of mm -hmm. the old school thing. But yeah. then my thing is, well, how do we dive in deeper and, and try to figure out where this is coming from? And so obviously sleep is... And nutrition is one of them, you know, and so often it's just going and asking, you know, you can track stuff, mm. but the best thing is really talking to the athlete and say, Hey man, what's going on? You know, like, and sometimes it's just like anything else. It's, you have to, you have to interview the interviewing process. You have to dig it out of them, you know, yeah. like how to sleep. Oh, it's fine. Well, how many hours did you sleep? You know, so then you have to kind of go into it, you know, and yeah, I was on my phone. All, I, I slept great, but I slept for four hours and that's more one hour more than I normally do. But I was on my phone for two hours before that. And yeah, yeah. Game three hours, you know, and so then you start to work on finding out solutions to the problem from there. Yeah, but like I, I'm, that's fascinating though to me, even even whether it's whether it's Duke or it's it's a, 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 foot, a Gaelic football team in Ireland, like the way you're going to get the information is, is, is by talking to the player. You know, essentially you can have that's, that, that whoop strap is very interesting. I played, I played golf with a guy uh, maybe a couple of months ago 
and he was wearing one and he had had like one glass of wine or something the night before and now he played terrible golf the same morning and he was blaming the, the glass of wine that his strap had told him his sleep had been terrible and everything was gone completely wonky on him but um yeah, I hope he was better the next day. But, um, but it's 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 it, the talking to people is a really interesting thing. That, like this this idea of yeah, they're not looking well or they don't look fit or we got to run them harder, or we got to do this or whatever. But that that idea of like you mentioned, some guy's girlfriend might have broke up with him or or he's doing exams or his mom is sick or COVID or whatever is going on, like that that is that is essentially the way you still have to find out information is 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 by talking to people as opposed to just the athlete or, or maybe what they're going to give you in a game but in terms of in, in terms of how they are personally yeah that's that's interesting and, and is there anything you know obviously that's something you do yourselves is talk to them but is there anything uh like do they have anything set up in terms of like a leadership group within players or whatever that they have angles there to go to or is it mostly just through the coaches yeah, I mean, you know, we have team captains and, and that kind of thing, you know, but there's no, and we have a, a fairly small team, you know, yeah. we have, you know, 14 players and mm. three or four of my walk-ons. And so then, you know, you have, you have 10 scholarship players or so. So, I mean, it's a pretty small, and then three of them are captains. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, so now yeah. after, you know, 30% of the team is, is a leadership role, you know. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so really it's, it's, you know, and the other part of it with these one and dons, and often your best players are the freshmen. Mm. So it's kind of hard, you know, often the, the, you know, the best players become somewhat of the leaders and, you know, and uh, it would have been different, you know, maybe, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, you know, when the so. best players have been here for a few years, they know the system. And so, um, you know, it's, it's kind of more the, you know, the environment's changed. So that it kind of changes that. So that kind of, you know, really the coaching staff and, and the support staff has become the leaders of, the, of trying to help the players out and the yeah. kind of the go-to people, you know. When you have them for such maybe a, a short period of time. Like how many how many guys actually know out of that 14 are in their, their second or, or more year? Like how, how many guys are there? Is, have you got many? Yeah, you know, I think we have, I want to say, um, I think about probably five or six guys. Okay. We have six guys that are, News. So we have one grad transfer, so he's okay. actually in fifth year, but his first year with us, and I think five freshmen. So usually it's about five or six freshmen each year, you know. And so out of those, you have usually about 10, 11 scholarship players. So usually half the team is is brand new. Yeah. So it's 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 so important that that year year kind of standards or the environment that you're setting is is like it's 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 difficult, isn't it? When you got so many guys, it's different. Like I was reading Alex Ferguson's book the other night, and Alex Ferguson obviously managed Manchester United, and like he he spoke about how his senior players turned into the guys that were the you know the ones that set the standards and were the ones that drove different things. But for you guys, it's so difficult in terms of you have such a high turnover maybe every year, every two years that it really has to be year standards and year year setup that's the one that's driving those kind of those high standards i suppose yeah exactly and it's almost the culture's taken over that mm. you know and um you know and i think we do a pretty good job of trying to bring in former players to kind of mentor and help them out as well um you know whether it's on zoom or you know facetime things like that with, with the guys uh, yes. but yeah i mean that's been a you know for the last say five or six years it's been a, a little bit of a a challenge where it's well, we haven't had the, the, you know, the player senior leadership, you know, and it's just by the nature of the environment, you know? Yeah. Uh, and listen, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you too long, man. I, I'm conscious it's very early and you got, you got a game this evening, you said? Yeah. Yeah. We have a game at uh, 8.30 tonight. How are you, how are you coping through the, through COVID, man? How, how is, how are you managing 
you know, to deal with all that situation as difficultly as, as everybody else? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's challenging. And, you know, so that the thing is, we've done a really good job, you know, uh, you know, our university mandates uh, daily testing. And so we're tested okay. every single day. Right. Uh, we haven't had one single positive um, within our team um, since we got back on campus in August. Um, even in, within our, all of our athletic department, we have about 300 something athletes. We had, we had about six before they went home on, on, uh, at the end of the semester, which is they ended at the end of November. And so, if, you know, often most teams in our league have, you know, basketball teams have more than six positive tests. You know, we had six at, for our 330 athletes, you know, and so our, our university's done a really good job, you know, and obviously we had, you know, the normal challenge of, of travel and, you know, just trying to, keep the outside world out and you know almost create our own little bubble um you know what we're having an, an issue now is a lot of the, the teams around us and games getting canceled you know mm -hmm. like we were supposed to we had this call scheduled for a few days ago you know which was going to be kind of you know a similar time between our shoot around and our game and flew down to florida state get ready to play and boom they have a positive test game is canceled so then you know we had you know not only is the the travel and you, know, you kind of put yourself at a little bit of risk going to a hotel mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff um but just the fact that the biggest thing is the players are kind of getting amped up ready to play, you yeah. know, and then their second yeah. game in a row that's happened to. And so it's, right. you know, you tell them, Hey, we got to be focused. We got to do this, 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 that, you know, and you get them all ready. And then, you know, last, last Tuesday, boom, game is canceled, you know, mm -hmm. the day before. And then we fly down to Florida state. We're getting ready to go again. Boom. It gets canceled. Like, man, this keeps, you know, so it's just the emotional roller coaster. And it's, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, I can manage it fine. Or what, you know, it, but the players of just trying to mentally prepare, now it's, you, know, you have to think that you have in about, you know, we're supposed to play tonight. Are they thinking, is this game going to get canceled? You know, you shouldn't be thinking, if, is my game going to get canceled going into a game? Yeah. You know, you should be thinking about how we're going to beat them. Yeah, it's hard not to do when, when, when that's what you've seen a couple of bits. In, in terms of that, have you, do you do much in terms of sports psychology, Nick? Do you kind of dig deep into that or, or, um, or not? Yeah, you know, I, I think we all, you know, coaches and physios and medical, you know, I think we all have a, have a hand in the very basics, you know, obviously of, of trying to help, help other athletes and, uh, and just mentor anybody that's around us with it, you know. Um, but we also have a, a, a sports psychologist on staff, you know, we have two within the university. So they kind of, you know, managed, you know, all the different teams and we are lucky where he happens to be just right in our same building. And so, okay. uh, so we, we do, we do have one. I think it's something that I think in all sports can be done more and better. You know, I think it's mm -hmm. probably the most, I think that and, and nutrition, I think has come a long way, you know, and I'm speaking for us, but also I think, you know, worldwide, you know, in sport, I think uh, the mental health and nutrition has probably been the thing that's kind of been last or not, hasn't been as, as utilized, you know, we, you know, a team might, you know, pro team might have three or four or five physios and maybe a consultant nutritionist instead mm -hmm. of a full time, you know, and so yeah. same thing with mental health. It's somebody that comes by once in a while. It's not, all the time and yeah. so i think that's something that you know you know we do we could always do more but i think everyone can utilize it a lot more yeah and it is and now now i suppose more than ever before with with covid and and like you said people just stressing and worried about when games are on or, or you know what what they're going to do for work or whatever it is so it's a it's a challenging thing um i I saw just uh, I saw a couple of pictures and videos of of the likes of Zion Williamson. There, I think he called you the the rehab king or the king of rehab or something, and uh, which is a nice title, man, from 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 somebody who's uh, 
as dynamic and as powerful and, and doing as well in the NBA as he as he is now this year. Um, and and there was, I saw stuff with Peyton Manning and Eli and stuff. You you've worked with these guys kind of in. Um, I suppose they're slightly different, obviously, with, with, the, with the Zion situation. But just in terms of the kind of connection with these guys, especially when it's such maybe a short period of time, I'm just interested in terms of, like, you know, how, how, you, how you develop that kind of, a, you know, a connection that, you know, obviously these guys have a huge amount of respect for, for what you do and, and how you operate. But um, it just, it's, it's fascinating for these guys, I think, like a, the likes of a Zion now who is, you know, inevitably going to be an NBA superstar when he, you know, when he came to Duke. But yet, uh, he's there for a short period of time, and and uh, he just seems to have a real connection and affinity with the place in in, in such a short period of time. So um, it's just interesting how 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 you create that. I wonder. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, again it starts with the culture of the, of the program, and you know, and everyone kind of um, it's not you fall suit more you you kind of buy in, you become part of it, you know, mm-hmm. and and everything is done with their best interest, right? And so it's. It doesn't matter if you know if you're Zion or you're the, you're the walk-on or you know somewhere between. It's you know you, you only have one mode of of, of communicate. You know, like you only know one way. You know, it's you do what's best for that person, whether it's how you communicate, it's say, whether it's just saying hi to him. Hey, you know, you greet him in the morning. You don't greet Zion differently than somebody else. It's it's you know it's it's all the same. You know, the treatment too. And the same thing. It's I don't even if I'm doing rehab. I don't know how to rehab. You know, I'm not going to rehab one guy. Differently, yeah. not, I mean, have one mode of, of operation, you know, and mm-hmm. and if you're treating everyone the same way, but also treating everyone as a person, and you know, if, you know, and that's first and foremost is just they're a person, you know, mm-hmm. you, you treat them as if they're your your kid, or you know, how you'd want to be treated, yeah. right? So, um, you know, and you have to again, it comes down to communication and talking and get to know who they are and knowing their history, and you know, you buy into them, you know, and if someone's buying into you you're going to be open and you're going to have a connection, you know, and that's the biggest thing I think is it's, it's you're, you're asking them to buy into the program and you're buying into them. You know, yeah. you're, you, you know who they are and you're treating the person, not um, it's, it's, they're not a machine. They're not, you know, this robot that they're their hair, they're there to play basketball or whatever the sport is. It's you buy into them as a person and you try, and again, and you're, then you're trying to help them out as a person, you know, whether it's, you know, the body weight, hydration, nutrition strength mobility you know i mean and that's part of it even goes to our you know our analysis before when they first come in it's we want to know your body right we want to know how you know and we know your body before in the past it was we want to look at your range of motion and strength you know now we want to look at you know your your movement patterns your force production your landing your nutrition you know your mental health you know so they meet with our that's not you know like they meet with our sports psychologist at the beginning of the year because we want to know everything you know your mental health we want to know your vision we, you know it's everything you know mm. yeah i think that yeah. is, you bind to them you want to know everything about them you want to try to help them as best you can and it's so if they bring something else up it's like oh no we're not we're focused on this you know insurance mm. is paying me you know and that's one thing's like a traditional physio in a clinic it's almost like you want to put blinders you know because i mean you almost you have a you have 30 minutes you get paid a certain amount to treat a certain body part mm. You know, you put another body part on there. That's a different code. That's a different. You know, you got to focus on. You know, and we don't want that. We want to be able to. You know, and and lucky we don't have to. Do, we don't have to do those insurance things and codes and all. You know, it's. Yeah. We want to focus on this entire person. Yeah, and and one of the first things you said there was was communication again, which is, yeah, it just seems to be a kind of a recurring thing again. No matter what what level you're you're operating at, that that level of communication is. 
is key, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, I'm not to say this really, you know, and so, you know, we collect all this data, but the data, you know, we have to, you have to be very careful with the data, right? Because data can be misused or, you know, misinterpreted or, you know, and so, and that goes back to the communication that's just because, some, you know, someone didn't sleep well or what, some, you know, like you can't jump to conclusions that this is the answer. That's where you have to go back and talk to the person, say, I found this or this, this, oh, I hit the wrong button. Okay, you know, so it's it could be as simple as that, you know, of, yeah. of oh, I thought one was really good, you know, one's really, you know, so it's just because there's something on a computer or something in the data mm. doesn't make it absolute. You need to go back and, and talk to the person and figure out how does that fit into their whole story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of times just in terms of the, 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 the approach from the top and obviously Coach K is, is, uh, is one of the more legendary coaches in the game and coach dream teams and, and national champions and every kind of a thing. Uh, I, I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just interested to see how, how you know, his, his relationship with, with the coaches and with you and, and with everybody and how that dynamic works. He's obviously you know, open to that information and, 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 and then relaying it in the way that he, he knows best to, to the players and using it as, as, as he sees fit, I suppose. Yeah, you know, so I tell you what, so if I think you ask any sports scientist, you know, or anyone who's trying to convey information to a coach, the, the hardest thing is getting them to buy into whatever it is, especially mm. if it's something, you know, the sports science stuff is fairly new, so yeah. trying, you know, here's some, here's some load. Why I know my team. I know my sport. I've been coaching forever. I've been playing forever. I, I, that's kind of a, a general Turn, you know, kind of thing you hear often, mm. you know, and so if there's anyone in the world that can say that and be justified, it's probably him, right? Mm. And he's, he's statistically, he's won way more games than anyone else in the history of the game, you know, in, in America. And um, he has more, you know, as many championships as any other coach, you know, and all this kind of stuff, right? And so if there's anyone to say, I know what my team is, I, it would be him. Yeah. But yet he's the, the first one that if you ask him about it, he would say, I look at it every single day. It directly impacts how I make my practice plan. Mm. You know, and again, it's not just because it's not that he's going to change everything. Sometimes it's stuff that I think this is going on. He's, oh yeah. And it kind of confirms what he thinks or, mm. wow, I didn't know, realize this one guy, you know, because often guys will come in early, they'll stay late, you know, so you don't understand, you know, they tweak it. He doesn't realize, you know, and so he'll be able to look at it and he'll be able to make small adjustments or just things that he knows he's going to adjust throughout practice. Or if the entire team is a little bit worn down and sometimes you're geared up and I'm going to go get, you know, like we have a big game coming up. It's just natural to want to go and go, go. And he'll look at man, Okay. And he'll cut, and he'll even mention to me as he's walking. Yeah. I, I cut it down a little bit. I know the guys are a little bit worn down, you know, we cut it back, you know? And so little things like that mm. are huge, you know? So it's, you know, and that just shows his ability, you know, he's 72 or something like this, right? And one more than anybody else, but to be able to buy into this new technology, to adapt, mm -hmm. not, not just, okay, I'm going to buy in, what should I do with it? But he takes it and puts it into what he knows. You know, he combines it with his previous knowledge of everything else of, man, I know my team, I know they're worn out, but they need to go, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, maybe they need to go, but, you know, and, and that's where I, I'm, I'll never, I think we have a, it's almost an unspoken, uh, um, agreement, you know, or, you know, not agreement, it's not a good word, but just, just how we do it. I'll never put on there. Someone shouldn't, unless it's medical enough, they're injured, they cannot go or they're overloaded. They need to cut back. You know, I'll put down information that, you know, of, of where they are now, where they were in the past, some kind of reference that indicates they might be highly loaded or the entire team might be, you know, the loads okay. are 20% more than last week. And 
15 guys, you know, 10 of the guys are saying they're increased hamstring soreness or something, and then he'll make the adjustments, mm-hmm. right? And so I'll never tell him what, what I think should, and that's yes, you know, and sometimes, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I th- we should do a, we should do a run, but maybe less, you know, instead of a six ladder, we'll do a four or something, you know? And so it's, I'll give him the, the information and he'll, he'll analyze it, interpret it, and then, and utilize it. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. For like you said, for a guy who's who's seventy odd years of age and has won everything he has won and put so many NBA players through his hands, guys like Kyrie Irving and RJ Barrett and Zion, all these fellas, sure, Tatum, sure, incredible, incredible history. So uh, it's interesting that someone at that stage of their development is still uh, thirsty for knowledge and and is curious about ways to do it better. Which which sports science and 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 your input is probably like the new the new wave to, to the likes of him and, and to, to guys who've been there before. So it's it's still probably one of the most key char- characteristics of any coach that they have that curiosity and that, that willingness to learn and, and to, to find new ways to do things, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, you know, I think I was just thinking about it, it goes into the, the data and the sports science, but also we do a lot of movement quality training, you know, and so it's, we try to buy into what he's doing. So basically we'll take drills that they do in practice put bands and resistance and then try to correct their alignment. Their knee, you know, make sure the knees are out, they're not caving in or their body angles, these kind of things. And, and so it's, and then he sits and watches all that, you know, and so then, man, we can use that. So then he'll take part of that maybe and, and use some of that same language in telling the guys that doing a defensive slide of, you know, how to do it or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then relate back, Hey, our, our defense is really good this game those band things we're doing are really helping out in our defensive slides or what, you know, so it really goes both ways where we're trying to, and I'll take film and I'll do the same thing. I'll take film from the game. Just like they'll break down a play, whether it's good play or bad play, I'll break it down as far as quality movement. It was a good cut, good forward lean, whatever it might be. And so it's really this, this ongoing exchange of we're trying to take stuff that they're doing and try to improve it biomechanically or, you know, monitor it from a loading standpoint. And then, they'll take the movement quality stuff and try to facilitate that into, into the training as well. Yeah. That's brilliant. Collaboration at, at its finest, I suppose. Yeah. To make, to make, get the best out of both worlds. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting, man. Um, just before, before I let you go, cause I, again, I don't want to be, I don't want to be keeping you here. Um, in terms of, in terms of just the, 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 the coaching and the physical aspects of it, just how, how, yeah, you know, I'm just. I'm really like you mentioned. The, the we spoke about the communication and the, and the, and the collaboration there between the different things. I'm just really fascinated about how you guys interact, kind of, with each other in in a way. You know, that you're talking about there that he's analyzing a play in terms of you know whatever's happening during the game, and then you're analyzing the quality of movement in that. Like that interaction is is just obviously very very far ahead of anything that that we have here but how how is that how is that managed or how is that kind of how do you get to that that point i suppose in terms of you know that collaboration and and, and you mixing what you both do to to such a good extent like the language like you, you mentioned language there that like the language that you're using when you're practicing your defensive slides is the same language that he's using when when they're doing it in the sessions and stuff that 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 kind of stuff is really you know interesting and 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 just joined up thinking i suppose yeah, I think um, I don't know that it's something that it's it's nothing that was planned. It wasn't like okay. hey, you know, it, it's more of general curiosity and in trying to get the most out of the guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and also being there and paying, you know, it's it's being present, you know, it's you know. So for us, like no one told me to go look at the film and break it down. It was okay. like 
you know, it's, we're trying to train this stuff and I'll see something happen in the game and I'll go back to our film guys. Hey, can I get this? You know, I'll jot down the times. Can I get these clips? You're right. Yeah. And then I'll go show the player. You're right. And then I'll take those clips and I'll show them in a, you know, just like the coaches do a film session. Yeah. I'll do maybe three clips, but I'll put them on the screen before we go out on the court to do our, mm -hmm. our movement training. All right. I said, here, here's, we did it really good. Okay. Here's what we didn't, didn't do it well. Right. And we go out and we train those movements. Mm -hmm. Right. But then while we're doing that coach is right there watching it. Right. Okay. So obviously I'm watching our games and our practices and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, and I'll even take clips of practices to show, you know, and it could be something like a jump, like their body angle and how they're jumping. We've been working on making sure they drop their hips a little bit more when they, before they go up and keep the trunk at a certain angle. Okay. We're doing that. Their force plate numbers are going up and then they do it really good on the run and in practice. Okay. I'll get that video clip. I'll show them. Here's our, your force plate numbers over the last two months. And here's how they're improving. And, you know, and, and especially if you're trying to look at a, a certain thing. So I'm trying to look at the eccentric loading, you know, how much mm -hmm. you get, how well you're getting down. Mm -hmm. If someone's get is really stiff and now they're getting down really well in the force plate. They're getting really down really well in the court. You show them those two things. And, and so that kind of reinforces what you're telling them, you know, of, mm. of their focus, not just, Hey, you're jumping better. Right. Mm. No, we work on a specific element of your jumping right. all the time, you know, two, three times a week in the weight room. Now you're doing it better on the court. And it's showing up on the force plate, mm. you know, so you can, you can see it visually, you can see it quantitatively yeah. and it reinforces them to do the right thing. And I'll show that same information to coach it, man. Doing, so then he'll say to the kid, you know, man, you're getting down really well when you're jumping, mm -hmm. you know? And so that yeah. is a huge, you know, so that, to that kid, he's been working on getting down, right? Yeah. Everyone told him his whole life, he's seven feet tall. He's stiff. He's this, he's that. And we showed him three ways he's getting better at it. Mm. And then coach Kata said, man, you're getting down a lot better when you jump you know, you're getting, you're, you're getting really low when you jump, you know, he's going to do it even more. Yeah. Right. But again, that, that's, again, that's using that same, same, you know, and it's not even has, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, medical terminology. Mm. It's just the same language of you're getting down, you know, you're loading or doing these kind of things, you know? And so yeah. uh, I think that that's the key is the more that they, the, you know, coach understands and can buy in, but then he likes those things because then he can, he, he has something, he has something to, to, to tag and hang, hang, you know, like a way, another mode of communication with the players. Yeah. You know brilliant I think some coaches be like, what, you know, like he needs a dunk, he needs to score, you know, but yeah. he, he's looking for ways to connect with the guys. You know, and yeah. I think even more so during this time, because he's actually stayed away, you know, being 72, he stayed away a little bit more from the guy, especially early on, mm. you know, so he's looking for ways. So if he has a chance to go up and say something to one guy and, in four seconds that he knows is going to be impactful, mm. I'll take whatever it is, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that, that drives that whole connection idea again, doesn't it? It knits the whole thing together from, from your aspect to, to, to the court and to his aspect and, and for the player himself, like to get a, to get a buzz like that and to get a bounce out of it because he's after recognizing something that I'm, that I've been working on and, and that has improved and is, is going better. Like that's, that's a, yeah, I like, I like that. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I suppose. Look, I yeah, I I I don't want to I don't want to delay you, Nick. I, I'm really appreciative of, of your time, man. And and uh, I know you got a game again this evening, so um, it's been fascinating from my end. It, it's been great to talk to somebody working with the the, the kind of uh, players and the kind of coaches and environment that, that you're in. So uh, I just want to say thanks, thanks a million, and and um, you know, hopefully we, we might be able to do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely, Mike. Thank, thanks for having me, and uh, any time, just let me know, and I'll be happy to hop back on here. Okay, brilliant. And again, if you enjoyed that chat with Nick, lads, be sure to find the fundraising link in the podcast description below or on my Twitter page at Mike Quirk. 
uh, and make sure that you you uh, keep sharing around the place as much as possible thanks again to nick and, and talk soon everybody